0: Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio. We are a division of the Ninja Pancake Family of Podcasts. And now...
1: Shut up and sit down.
0: Hey guys, guess what? It's Brandon, I'm back, and welcome to Geekologist Radio. We're going to take you through our queue into our gaming systems, and we're going to ride the hype train all the way from the past into the future. Now, who else do we have here tonight? Let's start out with Mr. Caucasian Saint.
1: I am here and drinking beer. I'm doing good. You're a poet and
0: you didn't know it. Chris, what's going on? Dude, that that beer is from the great state of
2: Texas. I saw Texas
1: right on that beer. (laughs) Yep. Texas. (laughs) Poteet Strawberries. Strawberries. (laughs) Yep, this is the Shiner Strawberry Blonde version. It's a good summer beer. Couldn't drink it in the winter, but it's a nice summer brew. Lots of stuff to get into. Let's talk to
2: Damien.
3: What's going on, everybody? Uh, internet issues aside, uh, I'm here, and I smell a like barbecue. Day four. <laughs> 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 barbecue? For
2: four we're, not, we're not going to get into that. He currently has the meat sweats.
0: I do. I do. <laughs> the meat sweats are real
2: he's glistening <laughs> all right
0: uh, first up let's get into error and emissions. i can actually say for four weeks i have not had any errors or omissions to <laughs> contribute to this podcast i am that good let's hope i can keep yep, the streak going
1: yeah just don't <laughs> say anything wrong because we will catch you or one of our fans will catch you no and i'll, I'll so, just
0: edit it out and post so i'm good
1: <laughs> oh, that could be an error right there. You don't catch it. Dude, we have it. And so one fan who catches a catches lot it. of stuff. Oh, yeah. But uh, going into a couple of those that were, were caught, this was more of a mission. This first one was one that I'm bringing in. this more, uh, is, uh, So we did Lord and Miller, they were uh, fired from the Han Solo movie. We were going through their filmography and listening to a couple of the big thumbs they did and how they got their start and what got in there. We've completely missed they did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which is absolutely Huge. great cartoon yeah huge that was their big uh thing that got them where they're at now so uh that was the big start one thing i messed up on was i originally said uh uh ron howard wasn't in it but then i when i was listing movies he directed i listed american graffiti as one i knew he didn't i was just listing off movies and i accidentally did that one the other was this is more of an omission we were covering john lithgow and his uh, acting prowess he actually won a golden globe for his role as a, a best supporting actor in uh, *The Crown*, and uh, one other thing on that is normally British actors win roles for playing Americans. This is a American actor winning a role for playing a Brit, and well deserving.
2: I had well, I had Very an error. Like I got to talk about this error. I listen. I feel bad. I I love John Cena, uh, and I wanted him to be in *Daddy's Home* too. I said he wasn't in *Daddy's Home* too, and I was pissed. Come to find out, IMDb, he is in Daddy's Home 2. He just wasn't shown in the trailer, which, again, makes me think he has one of these crappy cameo appearances, probably the tail end of the damn movie. But I hope he's in it for a lot more. But John Cena is in Daddy's Home 2.
3: So I have one that uh, – this one was caught by uh, Fouts, and uh, it was uh, that Tara Reid has – So is the John Cena one just yeah. Uh, Tara Reid has <laughs> eight movies coming out this year. Apparently, she's not hurting for work. Just a better boob job.
0: <laughs> I didn't say it was good work, but it's definitely she's working. <laughs> is
1: she in Sharknado? Yeah, she's
3: that's she is Sharknado. Yeah, she's in Sharknado. One, one of the
1: eight are in Sharknado. Yeah, and one Amer- of those Ameri- uh, some version of American Pie again. Oh,
3: I'm not. That's not coming out this year. <laughs>
2: that wasn't. That's listed. not coming out this year. That wasn't listed. No. That's not even on that list. Yeah, that Man, that's. A, she doesn't even have to act to play a crack whore. Like she could just be one. Yeah. Like that's crazy.
1: Yeah, but that's actually needed. Yes. So. You do need people who look yes. like that. So, Maybe she's, you she's recommend that, that crack. We need to get into our queue. Yes, sir. We switched
0: round and round till half-ass dawn. There was 57 channels and nothing on. 57 channels and nothing on. 57
1: channels and
3: nothing on. First up, we have uh, Man Versus. This was suggested. I It I was in my queue, and I was going to watch it, but I was just kind of like, eh. Yeah. But it was suggested by uh, Jeff Barry, mm-hmm. also known as Elderberry, or Mr. Manden, if you're following him on Xbox. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it, it's really good. Just going to try to stay out of the spoiler t- territory, but it is something you can find on, right now, you can find it on Video, video On Demand uh, for as a rental, or you can actually find it uh, for streaming on either Amazon Prime or on uh, Netflix. And the actor that's in it... Um, I guess he plays part of the billionaire club on from, uh, uh, excuse me, from um, Silicon Valley, and uh, but in this, like I- I've seen him in other films where he's played, I can't name off the top of my head, but where he's played a Roman soldier. But in this, he's plays kind of like a uh, like a Bear Grylls kind of character. He's out in the woods. Now the difference is, is he's out in the woods for five days. I'm like thinking five days survival. That's actually you just got to build yourself a shelter. And, but what happens in it is, event, it's it's a it's quasi found footage. So he does a lot of recording himself with GoPros and things like that. But there's also angles where you see where it's obviously a cameraman watching him, and it. So it's 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 like a hybrid of the of those type of films.
2: But it's really good. Is this uh? Is this like Bear Grylls, where he stays in a hotel, you know, and then comes back out into the woods and then goes back to the hotel again? Because like that's. That's pretty common.
3: No, this is actually like it fil- showed the guy out out in the middle of nowhere, but it has it, it quickly kind of turns it on to like a found footage uh, predator style film where he's being hunted by something.
2: Um, Ooh, that's kind of. F- oh, sorry. Oh, that's cool. yeah. No, no, and
3: and it really it really is like it. He, you, you start to see. Where was the warning that time, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's where that's where it caught me. Like I thought that it was another person, but. That's the only that's that's the thing I'll kind of tell you is it's got a strong predator appeal to it, um, so if you're a fan of Predator, and especially if you're a fan of found footage, this is a fine melding of the two. Now there was one thing that he warned me on is that the CG there's a CG part where you're kind of like it's it's okay, but it's 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 not it's not Sharknado cringe, it's okay, and uh, but the acting. By far, makes the entire film worth watching. I would give it. I would give it a seven or between a seven and an eight. So I'd give it seven point five.
2: Where, where where's it at again? I'm sorry, I missed it. The
1: first so
3: between you, you can watch, watch that on Amazon Prime right now, streaming okay. or on Netflix.
1: And it's Man versus. Awesome. It is great. Sorry, the actor we're talking about is Chris uh, Diamantopoulos, uh, Greek guy. So he is in silicon valley he plays russ hanneman that billionaire who drives a ferrari around now i was looking at his history right now he plays in a show behind the camera he plays robin williams in that so you're talking about acting from russ hanneman to robin williams to god now another thing i'm noticing here he voices mickey mouse in the uh kind of Disney sponsored uh, dark Mickey Mouse one, the one that's kind of like the Ren and Stimpy style Mickey Mouse series that's on uh, that those Stevie. guys make for Disney. Yeah, and so he voices Mickey Mouse in that. So the dude has some chops because there's some variety there. So that's that's some interesting stuff to uh, to check out. Any, oh, and he's gonna play Mo in the yeah, Three yeah. Stooges role. Okay, there Damien, you go. I'm not gonna lie.
2: When I saw this on our docket, I was thinking, okay, well, this is a movie that, or whatever. I'm just gonna fluff off. But you actually have me interested. It, like, it, I'm, I'm, like, I'm curious. Now. Like,
3: like I said, like it. It. I was. So if if Jeff if he mentioned something to me, I usually know that it's a style that I'm gonna like. So I give it. I give it a chance. But as soon as I started getting that predator feel, I was like, okay. I'm like, like yep. a predator found footage style film. I'm. I'm like. I then it, it got. It takes a little bit to get there. But once it gets you there, definitely worthwhile.
2: Nice. Nice. How long is it? How long? Nice. What's the running time on it? Uh, just shy of two hours, uh, I think. Just shy of two hours? I, I, the only reason I ask is because found footage movies – like, those type of movies have to be kind of compact because if they're if they if they're drawn out too long, then it just – it loses all of its edge. Yeah. At least to me for, – for me, it does.
1: Yeah. Now, moving on to one that I didn't get to cover last week because uh, my daughter was getting ready for a procedure, and I'm actually taking her to follow-up tomorrow – But it was Fargo, and so Fargo season finale happened, and this one I'm not going to go into any spoilers uh, with it. So if you haven't watched Fargo, don't worry. I'm just going to cover it with generalities. But um, just like all the other Fargos, if you break the moral code and you get caught, or you're going to get caught or killed. So they have a set moral code in these movies. But for this one, even like people who broke the middle moral code, like just minor offenses, got. Terrible comeuppance. So only like the pure moral high ground characters survived and got rewarded at the end of this season of Fargo. And uh, this sort of fit with the se- this season's theme. This theme was you don't have to be fully bad to get a terrible fate. And e- even just having the same name as someone else. Like their intro scene is always something completely vague and off-center of the guy in Russia. Um, and so... Um, this isn't a spoiler because it is like the very first scene, but the intro scene is a guy in Russia who has the same name as a criminal. Well, there's people in this one, if you have the same last name as uh, somebody who's targeted, you could have something bad happen to you. But the, this is the first time in all of the Fargos that we saw a character come back from a different one. So uh, this takes place four years after season one. And Mr. Wrench or Wes Wrench, he's the mute killer, and... Um, He's, we saw him earlier, but I never mentioned it. He's uh, He came back uh, in this season. We saw him in quite a few episodes. And he has he has a nice little role in it. So that was nice. And um, there's a couple of characters in here. Uh, like even the middle ones. Like Nikki Swango's character. Uh, who is uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Who she... She is going to be in things. She is going to be a lead actress doing some things in this one. Because she showed her chops in this season of Fargo. So you're going to see her in big movies upcoming. Um... She was one of the ones who had middle ground sins, and she did a mortal sin later. That's like, all right, you, like I don't like your like your character anymore—not your portrayal, but I said something at the beginning of the season when I was we were talking about Fargo, how great they all were, and how Lorne Malvo, Billy Bob Thornton's character from season one, was probably the best villain they had and one of the best characters they've had on the show. But I think V.M. Varga, who's played by David Willis, who's also in the Wonder Woman uh, movie, him, he may have surpassed as the best villain. He was so good, so creepy, so intelligent, in control, just great. Um, and besides, the only thing that really hurt this one was they had some distracting scenes where they had to travel to other cities to do some investigating. It didn't fit with the plot at all. But overall, I give uh, this season eight and a half out of ten. Um, it's probably not my favorite season, but it's right up there. Uh, season one probably still going to be my favorite, but only by a hair. Great stuff. You can watch it. Like I said, regardless of seeing anything else, you don't have to watch the other seasons to catch it. Even the Mr. Wrench character, you do not need to know anything about him to know he's back. It's just that was just paying fan service. Get you some Fargo. You're in a TV low. Great stuff. So, Damon, you've been watching the Mist? Yeah.
3: So, the Mist, like, I love the 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 film. Well, let me dial that back. I love the film until the tell the end of the film the Tom, the Thomas Jane <laughs> film. The end. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, everybody says it, that the everybody special
3: effects, that. everything were really good on it. the 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 character buildup was great, but then the end, they have this gut wrenching turn of events that was different than the book. But yet even Steven, or Steven uh, not Spielberg, even uh, Stephen King had said that he actually liked the grotesque turn that they did and how much it harmed the main character where he has to he he tries to save them from a a brutal fate and offs his child and then the two elderly people that are in in the car as well. And then he at the end he's waiting for himself to get taken by a creature and then he winds up being the army pulling in. And he could have, they would have been saved. Um, that's how that one ended. Well, the showrunner for the mist says he really liked that, so he wasn't gonna change away from that. However, this series that you have episodes one through three right now available on uh, on on demand. You can watch them all right now. And it it's dark and it's one of those things where you know when it goes on to a where you can actually stream it, that there will be cursing and there'll be some stuff that's been edited out of it. But for network television, they, they kind of bleep out some of the language. But the the special effects, we've seen some creature effects so far. The creature effects are cool. The mist effects can take you a little bit out of the believability of it. But the acting is spot on. And that's where, that's where it, again, this is another one of those things where you can forgive it for the, abil- the actor's abilities to make things believable. Um, it's very, it, it is very Stephen King um, so far, but instead of being based on just a dad and his son and being in one locale, you have like all these locations that have been kind of isolated. Oh, and there's nice. char- different type of characters in all these different locations. And so you're seeing the, the buildup of how they're dealing with this this situation, and so it adds a lot more drama. It adds a lot more drama to the series, um, and you need something like that because, like, if you're going to do something, you can't do a whole series that's going to possibly have multiple seasons with one small little store. You know, you can't do it with that. You need to expand on that, and that's what they're doing with this. And so far from episode one through three, the character buildup and everything, there's a little mystery that kind of goes along. The first episode doesn't, you're like, when's the miss? when's the creatures coming? But it builds up a mystery that you're going to kind of, kind of wonder about. I think I have, I have a good idea of where they're going with it and who, like there is an individual who is attacked or your thought that she was attacked while at a party and, and inebriated. And, you're led to believe one thing where I have a feeling I know who the person is. I'll talk on a later date, let people get caught up on the show. And if it comes to be that who I think actually did the attacking um is the is is, is in fact the person did, I'll I'll call it out. But for now, I don't want to go yeah. go too far in it. I just want to say, if you're a fan uh, of it at all, go check it out. If you if you just want a good drama that's got some creature effects in it. You know, this is a good good filler for, you know, The Walking Dead and you know, we got Preacher coming out here soon, I think next week.
2: This seems like
3: No Preacher's Out. bad.
2: This seems like it'd be better suited for like Netflix it, FX. It would
3: be it would be because you wouldn't have any of the bleeping. Um yep. but even with it, it, it works like The Magicians works on sci fi. Yeah, I'd much rather sure. stream it, but the Magicians, freaking fantastic
1: either way. Yeah. And so uh real quick on two things yeah preacher i checked this out and i was watching it on hulu and most hulu gets shows right after normally it they're not loading there so it might have been a, a they must have had post rights so they only get to post it after so i might have to straight up buy but i have to check first on those so yeah preacher uh, first two episodes out they might have dropped them back to back and uh when you're talking about the myths and different things happening and i know i keep bringing this other show up and i'm sorry but uh this was an actual event that happened in England of a fog that laid over the city for a bunch of days and in the crown, <laughs> uh, how the Queen and Winston Churchill dealt with it. And, but they also cover the citizens and how they're dealing with it and the people that were like work in the palace and how they're having to deal with the stuff outside while the people inside can't make up their mind. So it, it I love how showing it from multiple angles because in that particular one, everything was about... Uh, parliament and royal family when they t- when they did it about the myths they've really expanded their cast of characters and let others show you how it affects other people because it was much bigger than uh, the royal. It's awesome. I'm probably gonna have to check that out then. Oh yeah, no, Crown one of the best shows yep, last year. Period, hands down, awesome. Now, gents and fans, we promised we were going to cover a show, and we are going to cover a show called Glow. We've seen so much of it. Uh, but one thing is, uh, if you have not seen it and want to see it, we will have spoilers in here. So jump to Game On. But for the timestamp, jump to Game On if you don't want to hear spoilers. Because we're going to cover the full season with spoilers in it. Um, and let's get started. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Glow,
2: Glow's got raving reviews. So, like, across the board from anybody who's, anybody, um, who's watched this series, this is uh, – we talked about it uh, – gosh, what, a couple months back, uh, how we thought that this was going to be a hit, and it was. It's, it's a hit for, uh, for Netflix, and it's based upon a series uh, that was a real-life TV series between 1986 and 1990. It's called The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and what they were trying to do is they were trying to capitalize on uh, WWF at the time um, and Hulk Hogan and, and that generation, under the Giant, and take females, put them in the wrestling ring, figuring that male uh, viewership would raise watching females basically do what the males do um, and they were trying to do it on a smaller scale to start, and then they were going to kind of raise it and, to, I guess, a version of WWF, but in their minds it was more of like a, a like a drama. And so this follows the livelihood of these women and kind of talks about what it is that they go through on a daily, day-to-day basis. Um, the major character that you're following is a, a girl named Ruth. Um, she's an actress who gets called to a casting because she wants real gritty work that a man would do and so this is something that a man would do it is the acting for this glow um and the she so she's the antagonist in in the series the protagonist and i i say that very lightly the protagonist in the series would be considered uh debbie who is her best friend whom she sleeps with her husband um, and that kind of starts the... Ruth was sleeping with Debbie's husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Ruth yes, was sleeping with, with yes, Debbie's Ruth, husband. Yeah. Sure yeah, we use, we use pronouns. Yeah, sorry, just Ruth clarify, was sleeping yeah. with Debbie's husband, and that kind of starts the rift. Um, Ru- uh, Debbie comes into the ring. She starts getting, you know, kind of violent with Ruth. It sparks interest in her character, and so there's the rift, and there's, there's your antagonist and protagonist, which, if you know anything about wrestling, you have to have a heel, and you also have to have, uh a star that's that's not the heel so um you have ruth as the heel you have debbie as as the hulk hogan of that wrestling ring and then it kind of dives into their lives and goes into their personal stuff um uh, is there anything you feel like i'm missing as just like the kind of general synopsis of it
1: yeah that's that's some, the setup but the thing is is that they set those two up as the main two characters but the thing is they really expand it and one thing with this show they it was nice to know all yes. the characters because later on, it was really nice to know so much about them later because you got you got to really trust their motivations and see how all of that melted together. You got to see them grow up. But I did find that it was spending so much time with so many characters was really slow the start of it. And the cast yeah. was good. The cast was acting. Allison Brie plays Ruth, and if if you really wouldn't know it, like she was the bubbly little girl who was ended up becoming a nerd sex symbol in community. Uh, she was really strong. And by strong, I mean, like she went no makeup a lot of the time, uh, just played it, just really down-to-earth, she was nude at times. Like, she committed to this role. There was
2: That actually shocked me in this Netflix. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of... By the way, this is not for kids as That's far as... That's what I was topic. just going to say. And, and, and you can't B, watch this with, I, family, with, with kids around. No. Language, no, no. some very topical conversation uh, about abortion and some uh, some other topics, and then the nudity. Like, this is...
1: This and, is oh, heavy drug uh, use. Heavy, heavy, heavy drug use. Drug.
2: Yeah, so, like, this is not for kids whatsoever. Occasion. I appreciated the fact that they got into a little bit of the characters. I felt like they didn't get enough into each character. I thought all we did was get you're you're the Arab, you're the Asian girl, you're the this, and then like it's funny because um, Mark uh, Sam, who basically is the director of the, Mark Merrick, yeah, Mark Merck, yeah. yeah. Uh, really really uh, good comedian, right? Gets into this and mm-hmm. he's like, you're this and you're that. and But then like that's who I got them as as a character. So like when they, when mm-hmm. they portrayed him in the episodes, that's all I got of them. And so for me, and I brought this up pre-podcast, She-Wolf, it was like we wasted two episodes on a girl that I still don't know any more about now that I knew that she just doesn't like people to look at her when she doesn't have the blonde hair and she has the headgear on or she has like the, the wig on. Mm-hmm. It, I just felt like they didn't get it. They didn't go into enough right. characters. I would have rather them cut down and said, "Okay, we don't give a shit about six of these characters, but we really care about the other six, and let's really dive into them." And instead, I still don't even feel like I know a ton about Ruth more than her animosity towards uh, to Debbie's character. Like I, I, that's all I know about her
1: character. Not even not even animosity, no. because she, I mean, she she just she was just so. Like Ruth had no self esteem. No, yeah. Like Ruth is the no self esteem. This gives her the self esteem. She was always acting the self esteem away and she saw Debbie as the perfect one and wanted her life mentally and then separate her husband to get part of it. That, that's what they, they show didn't say it, but I think that was a that, mental. That's, how thing I, that's what I there. felt about but, it too. Yeah. I mean it And they broke into mm-hmm. characters. So
2: Ruth plays a Russian. Like that's her character. Yeah. Like she plays I'm the Russian and she like she I mean, the whole the other thing that that really like some of the stuff that I thought was just not necessary, her going to the, the dinner event to learn Russian with the Russian guy who was the bellhop for the, like that, I was like, what is this? Like, this is what, we've wasted now another half an episode, and then the Liberty Bell thing I thought was really good, like the whole Debbie Egan thing where she was like, I am Liberty Bell, I was like, oh, wow, I, I get where your character's from, but- Now, that Russian, Russian scene, that
3: Russian scene, I liked it, though. Like, I get what you're saying where they could have done something else the story, but I liked mm-hmm. that scene. Like I, I thought, I felt, I felt that, that it was, yeah. it added more to her character. It showed that she's trying to learn. Now afterwards, when she came back and she was like, "Oh, now I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish," and that's a, I'm drunk, yeah, I'm drunk, drunk, drunk Russian, Russian, Russian. Yeah. That, I, that Russian, I didn't need to see, uh, but that was the too party much. scene, yeah, but but that, that scene them, I felt yeah. was mm-hmm. a good scene to show her motivation, oh. show her trying to learn.
1: The, uh, not a party scene. That was a teenager. Oh, true. Yeah. Bridge. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, sorry. sorry yeah. So we. Yeah. Not party. Scene, to, not party to, scene. Like I, this is
3: that is you you're catching the, me on an error and omission beforehand. Thank you. Thank you for.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it was it was it was a celebration for them, but it, it that one was nice because it had historical context. It had emotion to it because it was talking about these Jews from Russia that had motivated, her, and that's those are the people she was learning, uh, doing sort of her acting cultural stuff with, but. Um, it was but there was too much of nothing happening and i agree with chris on a lot of scenes like that stuff like that, some of the stuff was entertaining but it was too much nothing happening they had little drama they had little action they had little tragedy they didn't have any big drama no big action no big tragedy like even the wrestling was like little like not too much on the action side and so it, i think it could have been better if their first big match was more towards mid season and we got to see more of that because I think there was too much training. It was all of this was just training and all of this buildup. And I know they wanted it in terms of the theory to end with the first big match. And now we're a success and moving on from here, but it really drug on with it. I, I can,
3: I can agree, agree with that. But yeah, I do think that they wanted you to know more about the training that these gals went through to build up, and the fact is is that it was a big gamble doing that, though, because it does. It does draw on, and it makes it to where that if mm-hmm. it wasn't as big as it was, then they would have, it would have been one and done. But now that it paid off, it will pay off in the future for them to be able to have more of these big, grandiose events that they did, mm-hmm. and we'll be able to see more of that.
2: There were a couple of characters that I really liked. I like Cherry... Cherry, I thought was a really great character. I thought yes. that she was well developed, yeah. and with the husband, the help, husband being just just this really minor like support, like for her, especially when it was a, a choice between a, a real acting job and what was the wrestling job. I thought that was really good, and the connection with the director, I thought that was great. And I also shot thought that Rhonda's character playing his girlfriend, in that in like, and she was the smart, mm-hmm. you know. The British British, British. The British girl Brit- Brit- Britannica. I, Britannica. Yeah. I thought that th- that character was really well done. Like I just, she played ditzy enough to be like, I don't know what's going on, but smart enough to know I know what's going on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so she she wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. she wasn't stupid to the fact that his daughter uh, was was really trying to to Well, it was Justine oh, that was really tr- trying to get with him. And it, at that moment where he kissed her, and like he realized it was his daughter, he's like, oh dude, crap, I'm just kissing my daughter, and backs off. But the whole smoky yeah. like I'm in I'm emo and I'm after the emo dude and like that whole whole thing I thought that uh, just uh, that Brit played that character Brit is the Brit Baron is the the actress that played Justine I, like I, I thought that that mm. was really really well played
1: mm. yeah and, and they they definitely went with big stereotypes yes. in terms of how they wanted the people to play the roles because I think that fit in also because of the casting. I think in a normal environment, um any other show you put these people in there they wouldn't play these characters the same way but because this particular show required them to be the quintessential goth the quintessential smart bread the quintessential uh wolf or whatever that there was a lot of over-the-top stuff that made the character slightly out of touch but like like except like like you said Cherry and her husband were believable as real yep. people. I believe yep. that Ruth and Debbie, I felt those were more real fleshed out people that had layers mm-hmm. to them. But a lot of the others, although good, were more siloed. And that's something that I think my opinion of this show is going to be possibly better in season two because they can really flesh out those even more so and give them more than just their individual one. Because the individual one was good to kind of see everything happen at the end. But for season two, that's going to be more important.
2: Yeah, Carmen's character, when she played the, like, the because w- she was nervous and then she got scared. Who was Carmen? Carmen played uh, the larger girl who was, like, was nervous M- to get Ma- 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 into Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu, Machu- 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 whose, whose yeah. family was in the wrestling. And that, like, that's, like, mm-hmm. that's how she got her name. I liked her character, too, because she was so lovable and yeah. so, so, like, I could... Relate with her being nervous and having a family that was in something and being scared to let everybody else down, and the dad at the end kind of giving her the clap to like get. That, that was a great. That was a really scene, good yeah. scene because I thought like she knew she knows wrestling, but she felt like she was never good enough to be in it. So I thought that that was really well done.
1: Because she was yeah, told that, yeah, like her dad told her that, and he he finally came around to it. So that was that was a great. The only scene. thing that I don't that I was really that I don't care for this season. about
2: particularly was the fact that any major issue um I thought that they touched on it but they didn't give it enough reverence like the abortion thing I thought was very like it either go all the way and have a conversation about it or don't talk about it like it, I felt like it was an unnecessary for me I thought it was very unnecessary if, if, if you're only going to show her go to the clinic and then okay it's gone and then literally she's back in the ring again so like like it just wasn't talked about I I yeah, but
1: even even having that in a show is controversial nowadays. So just having uh, it there, Damien. Another
3: thing that I was just going to say, and this is just kind of outside of the box of of Globe, but it still pertains to it. Uh, where have we seen Debbie before this year? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, uh, I don't know. She was in American Gods. She's the one that she was the one that that uh, tried to go that uh, uh, shadows wife was sleeping with her husband. Oh really? Yeah. That was her.
2: Oh, wow. That was it. That was oh, in like one of the two episodes I saw. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Well, but also she was in a, she wasn't yes, she was. in that one, was she? Yep. Oh, she was? Okay. For some reason I thought she had black hair. She might've had something black on top of her head, but yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't recognize that at all. But also I was probably so distracted in American Gods by all the stuff I was trying to process in my brain that I don't know. <laughs>
2: so, I mean, overall, like uh, overall I would give Glow a solid eight. Yeah. Like I enjoyed yeah. watching it. Wow. I thought it was well done um there are parts about it that i thought could have been done better um and i've seen better from netflix but overall my anticipation of the show was was it was going to be kind of what this was and it, it literally paid off one thing that i'll mention is that netflix does have almost a two hour um real life documentary of the girl the the gorgeous ladies of wrestling if you haven't had a chance to watch it is awesome it is the real women who were in gorgeous ladies of wrestling and to hear their true life backstories and what they went through is totally amazing and then uh, then watching this i watched it in reverse order because i was i didn't even know it existed and then when i saw it i'm like okay right. i'll you know i'll bite and i thought i was going to be like ah, after 15 20 minutes i don't even care about their stories and then i was like oh damn like some of these women like the the hardship that they had to go through in order to be in it was Ridiculous, especially for something that didn't last very long. I mean, we know we we know. yeah,
1: and and they didn't play hardships that much no. in the show no. at all, which they need to do next season. If they, I think, if they're going to need to make any sort of drama, tragedy, action, anything happen, they need for that part that drama in. They there. have to because
2: these women didn't make very much money. Like they were basically doing it for pennies. So like, and I mean, mm. we kind of got that that fill when we saw uh, the lead characters you know fight in order to keep this thing alive because it it was about to go down and, and and be done and so they fought because bash like his cash was out he had to go to his mom the whole dinner party scene was kind of cool like where they were like kind of you know hey we're mm-hmm. ex crack, robot ca- crack, the robot <laughs> they're ex yeah they're crack. ex drug addicts and crack everything was crack so that was kind of funny but again yeah. um, okay, i don't want to dive too much more into it but i, I liked i liked this season I hope there's another season, and I hope they flush out things in the next season. This season was a setup. I now I need to I need you to flush the characters out. I need more character development because I thought all we did was get a lot of periphery with uh, with seven or eight of those people.
1: Damien, what do you think your rating was on I, this season?
3: I'm I'm in agreement because I have to say it's about an eight because I don't usually sit and if some and stream or you know binge through something in two days. I went through the entire season in two days. So if you can do that, if you can get me to do that, then yeah, you got something
1: good. Yeah. So, so for me, I'm much lower. I'm more like six, six and a half. I, I, I was trying to give it a three out of five on Netflix, but know no, you can only get thumbs up and thumbs down now. I'm like only because it's over a five out of 10, you get the thumbs up. Like, I, I really thought there was, it was too slow. It didn't, it had too little stuff happening. I think that they because of it being original i think i gave it too much of a pass at the start i think my hype gave it too much of a pass at the start um and i just looking back when i was looking at towards the end like man i was i I was watching it and i finished it and like you said in a couple of days i think i finished it in three days but i was finishing it for this podcast i wasn't finishing it for me and i might not have finished it otherwise and so I am not excited for next season as much as I'm a wait and see. Like, I think it's set up to be good next season. And if you guys or other people out there are like, okay, I'm watching next season and it's better. All this promise is coming to it. Yeah, then I'll watch it because I have all that backstory now and I can fill that in. And it can be that way because the direction and the action was good. I just think the writing needs to give you much more many more things. Like I said before, it needs more action, needs more drama, it needs more tragedy for this to be an entertaining Yeah,
2: series. to your point, Cajun, I think that if you were on Twitter feeds or whatnot, and in Reddits, the, it, this this was very overhyped. Like, the hype level on this yeah. was like on 10 of the week it released, mm-hmm. which it, it reminded me of a previous uh, Netflix series about two months ago that we talked about um, that I don't want to discuss any further. However... Uh, it felt like it was in that vein when everybody was talking about it. And then I watched it and I was like, okay, this is good. And again, I'm still standing by what I said, but it wasn't great. And so again, because of my background in watching wrestling from when I was a kid at my grandpa's house, like, so I appreciated a lot of this stuff and I watched uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I, I like, I actually watched this, so I know a little bit more about it, um, it, it it maybe it was more sentimental to me when i was watching it and i was like okay i know where they're coming from and, I, and then maybe that's why where my aid is coming from um but to your point it, it needs to be better in writing or next season will be what silicon valley is to me right now and so it's like i you know take it or leave it i could watch four of my episodes i could not watch more episodes whatever's more important or something else that comes along my way that's what i'll watch so i i hope for glow's sake again character development that's what's needed it has to develop Mm -hmm. pick four people pick two people pick three people whatever you pick but draw it out give me a reason to care about them I need to know more or don't try to do ten people because it's just too hard in ten episodes you can't do that
1: yeah well you can do it there's lots of shows you make big pivots and I think a big pivot for this one would be all of those side characters especially in wrestling worlds you can have them come and be the primary match. You can do Beirut and you can take her, do her backstory, do her side story, do an entire episode focused on her with all the girls in the backdrop, and then do a match with her. And that's one of the big things that I think it could do is have all of these uh one episode stories where she gets the big match at the end. Her character finally gets to win Her character gets the premier match, but that episode is all about her and you know what's gonna happen at the end. She may win her or may win or lose at the end, but she gets the uh, prim- premiere match, and I think doing something like that could really help it next season. And uh, uh, and any other comments before we? The one thing I'll on? say about this, and I'm going to
2: end it on this, is it didn't tie it up in a it didn't oh. tie it up in a bow, which I really really appreciated. It wasn't wrapped up where everybody everything everybody was nicey nicey at the end, which I loved. And the right. whole turn of uh, welfare woman or lady. At the end, to to change like the match, it was like, oh shit! Like Lady Liberty Bell is not the not the champ. What happened? Like it caught me off guard. I'm like, that's not part of the script. And um, so that was like real wrestling to me. Like I'm like, because that's not part of the script. So that part I loved. Like that turn at the end. Maybe I was like, this is where they can take this from where it is now for me and move it way way up if they if they can get these characters me to care about these characters a lot more.
1: So was Welfare Queen? Queen one I'm sorry. Of the original, yeah. Was Welfare Queen one of the original members in the documentary? Uh, she
2: was not in. The, not as far. I'm. Uh, I'm like an hour and a half into that documentary, and she's not in that documentary.
1: Okay, because I think this is a new character, or there's a lot of. None of them are like. Not all of them have the same names, but I think this was just a straight up shot at politics in the in the 80s. Because I was like, I don't remember that being a thing, except in retrospect. Now looking back on how. That was negative. Dude, she, she
2: was crazy. shooting
1: out the welfare dollars. <laughs> <laughs> food, these are my favorite food stamps. And, and I was like, what? That she, was awesome. She committed to that character. She, like, they had some great characters. She
2: was really in good in that. All right, let's, let's hop right. off of that. Uh, I know that next week, um, to my begrudging, uh, we're going to be speaking about Silicon Valley. It's not something that I'm super excited about, but everybody else has watched. And so I think we're going to have a conversation about that for sure.
1: We will for sure. We'll finish up. Uh, the conversation on the whole season of silicon valley and that's one thing for sure and then everything else it's a uh, little it's a little hazy until game of thrones in two weeks
3: preacher preacher
1: (laughs) uh yeah preacher me and damien will will catch up on preacher i will watch it if i have to buy it uh one way or the other but yeah uh we'll at least have two probably three episodes by then because two are out now so three episodes. we also talked about friends in college
2: that's what like two weeks away too yeah
1: two weeks away from friends in college Oh. July
2: 14th so uh, so in a couple of weeks we're going to have Game of Thrones and we'll have that for sure like we'll have two kind of staples reminder Game of Thrones is going to be a separate also I will have
3: seen Transformers uh, I'll have seen Transformers by then so we'll get my take on it as a mm-hmm. fan of a fan of the original stuff and also a fan of the movies um, I'm going to but I'm going to try to be a little bit harder on this one and not just see it with rose colored uh, glasses
1: Care Bear yeah you know, no more yeah. Care Bear Stare yeah, I want to yeah, really it's... dig into it um, and then Try to try to understand the plot and then replay that plot to us and say and with with motivations like this person did this for well, yeah and then and then the <laughs> other the other
3: part is is I'm also going to be trying to see the Pirates of the Caribbean so I'll be talking awesome. about about those two things so that that's my target
2: this weekend I'll go see Baby Driver because I I want to go see Baby yeah it's getting a lot of good reviews it is, and it we is. talked about we t- we talked about this so um I've got a free Sunday so I'm definitely going to go see it. Um, I, I just mentioned it, but I want to re-mention it. We are going to do Game of Thrones, but it's going to be a separate episode from our normal podcast. So we are going to run each episode of Game of Thrones. And then once that happens in two weeks, um, my guess is it will probably be about 30 minute episodes for, per every episode, but you know, give or take a little bit of time, but, uh, we're going to do a little bit more in depth just because, uh, we feel like it's important. And then we also have Spider-Man, uh, homecoming next week. Yeah, found out so some more
1: stuff couple, about that, but we'll we'll hold off yeah, on that. It won't be. Our it next won't be on episode. next episode. It'll be yeah, out, but it'll yeah, be two yeah. episodes in terms of how we record. But just kind of giving
2: everybody a shout out to what, what we're going to be doing or what we're looking forward to because the next month is is a little bit craziness when it comes to TVs and movies.
1: Castlevania coming up too. Yep, and now we're moving into game on. <laughs>
2: All right. So, what we're going to start to talk about first is something really, really quickly. But Destiny Guardian Con um, is this weekend, and those guys and gals over there have raised a crap ton of money—one point two million dollars for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Holy hell!
3: Then that—that that was that was that's that's that blew out what they did last year. I mean, bro, man, just exact, in j- just in
2: Broman's hour was ridiculous. Yeah. I had people all over Twitter like, "You need to hop on now because like, I, I think he did one hundred fifty thousand dollars in like, I can't. It, it was really short period of time. I don't know if it was an hour, a little over an hour, or a couple of hours. I honestly, I don't know the time frame, but I know that he raised over one hundred fifty thousand dollars and people were going crazy. And again, well, I think we talked about this. What was it like six months ago or less? where the destiny community got together again and did this for St. Jude's it was, and they just continue, Mm -hmm. continue to give and give. And the people of this community continue to give and give. And it, it just shows the power of gaming and what a community can do and what they are able to generate for a charity. It's absolutely amazing. It's
3: Exactly. I mean, that, that that is exactly what it's about. And it, uh, I mean, it, it legitima- le- legitimizes the fact of people doing this stuff and that it can be like when you're going and you're trying to talk to a, say, like a hospital or something like that saying, I want to do a stream and I want to do a stream of gamers together to represent your organization. You know, this is what, stuff like this is what makes them have to think. Otherwise, yeah, actually, let's do it. You know, Let- let's get it set up. Let's do it because you see numbers like this that can happen. That can happen for tons of organizations. Let's, you know.
1: Yeah, but the thing about this one was is that they it, everybody's rallying uh, to one calls on it. Not only that, um, shout out to Bro Man and Man and I know that a lot of people uh, run uh, this organization, but no, those two guys are the mm-hmm. two big spearheads. And I know Guardian Con itself is going to be honored at a Saint Jude event, and they give an award every year for the best new. Uh, charity for them and Guardian Con is going to get that award this year uh, which is great for them and they also they also have in uh, recognition for it's some other type of uh, event that raises money and another category that this one fits in and St. Jude posted that it, uh, this one was I think, it, I think it has something to do with kind of the streaming gaming side that this is the largest uh, one of that category and I, I can't believe I can't remember it now that they've ever had so they've broken records there and they're getting awards for being a new one into it too so out the gate good on those guys and the entire community for around what's nice is goth opens up
2: his place uh for the speakeasy and has everybody come in and they can just stream from right from his house so that helps a lot um and to be inviting mm-hmm. to everybody and anybody if you're free if you have uh, if you're here come on let's go let you know what i mean and so you have people coming from london because bife was there Obviously, like he's coming over from England and you have people from just all walks of life. And I mean, if anybody who's friends with us or we, we follow, they're coming from literally everywhere across the United States to come to this thing. So it's it's we, pretty uh,
1: guest on our yeah, show. We yeah, you got y- yeah, young, young cons con, there.
3: Yeah. Young yeah. Khan got picked up by for by a former uh, clanmate of ours, uh Forward, for, no, not, what not you former, former that's camera. right. X-ray yes, still, X-ray X-ray still, still up rising. Rising. I forget, he's he runs, but he runs also the clan for for his uh, podcast. So, yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah. I'm sorry, um, X-ray. I love you. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, X- X-ray of
1: Destiny Ghost Stories picked up young con from the airport. And man, yeah, and they had, they posted a picture. and I was actually <laughs> thinking of that today when I'm, I knew they were both going to be there. And I was thinking of that today. I was like, man, I need to ask both of them separately to take a picture with their beards. And I get home. And I saw, like, they took a picture. They got picked, <laughs> they actually picked up in the car, and they took a picture for, with their beards for me anyway. That's awesome. <laughs> they even have to ask them. <laughs> all right,
2: Damien, I know you want to talk a little bit about Dying Light.
3: Yeah, uh, this game's been out for, you know, forever. But I picked it up because my son's been playing it a lot lately, and I started playing it again. And, you know, with all these different horror games that have been out, I've been really wanting to get back in and have something that scares me. They, I forgot how good of a job they really did with this. And it's actually right now, for oh, seven days, you can pick it up on sale on the uh, Xbox. Um, uh, games with gold stuff, you can pick it on sale. You can get it for like 29 I think it's like twenty-nine ninety-eight, and you get this plus the expansion and everything else and the updated graphics. It's a good game. It's great. It's a lot of fun. It's very similar to like, you know, Dead Island and stuff like that. I don't know if we're ever going to see that Dead Island. What is it? Dead Island 2 official. But, you know, if you can't, Mm -hmm. this is a great game into it's place. It's because the parkour mechanics are excellent. Having a a player come in and attack you at night is great. Uh, Something that killed it for me in the beginning, though, was that it was rampant with with dupers and hackers. It's that's all been been uh, patched out of it. So for me, it's like new eyes on the game. But also, the one of the things that caught me coming back to it is they just announced at E3 that they have five expansions coming out for this game before the end of the year. Or, or I think within, but what, there's two within the before the end of the year, and then there's like three after. But they have five new expansions, so they're saying that they're going back to support this game. And that's huge. And Dying Light's parkour
2: horror, correct? It is. And it
3: is crazy because, so during the daytime, you're running around, you're able to, you're kind of like the Predator. You're like, you're able to go around, you're you're Billy Badass. At night, you get these things. At night, you don't even want to be out.
2: Like, you don't want, you don't want to be out at all. Yeah.
3: And and it's like, but you can get some good gear at night. So it's like, you're, it's, it's that, it's that risk versus reward. And, but, (laughs) but at night players can, if you have it set up, which you get more XP if you do, uh, players can invade your game at night and then they can hunt you. Which is terrifying. Oh,
2: (laughs) so Mirror's Edge, but with horror. Exactly. That
3: that is exactly what it is, and it's and and it you know all I'm saying is that if you don't have to go out and spend sixty five bucks, you know sixty bucks to get a get a good game right now, there's a lot of stuff titles out there, and there's a lot of stuff that you can get that are in backlog, Chronicle kind of territory, and I strongly suggest Dying Light. I'm glad that my I'm glad that my oldest was been playing it and got my eye to you know pick it up again. Uh, having a lot of fun with it. And that's kind of what, you know, if I go through and look at what's being played in in Game On this week, that's kind of what a lot of us are doing. Cage, and, uh, you, you, you just yep. uh, picked up something, right?
1: Yeah, I mentioned last week I was going to play Ori in the Blind Forest after watching the trailer and how pretty it was and how, uh, how you recommended it. And I got into it, and I really was enjoying it a lot. Um, one of the things that really turned me off uh, was I couldn't figure out which way to go. Because you go one spot, and then it gives you a lot of freedom of movement. And you go a very long way, and you get blocked in a corner. Well, if you'd went the other way, you'd have got the thing, that you the ability. Because it, it, this is a platformer, but it has a lot of RPG elements. So you need certain abilities to be able to progress to the next level. It's not just skill-based that you need to be able to do a, a move a certain way. So then I'm running around trying to find that thing and it wasn't well labeled and I found myself just running back and forth and the enemies spawned so freaking fast that I was just getting so frustrated not knowing which way to go and also I don't want to go through a walkthrough on a game like this, I want it to tell me the story and I want the walkthrough to tell it to me so I got a little bit jaded with it, I'll probably go back to it sometime in the future but... Right now, I said, let me find some other kind of game that might uh, help that out. But any comments on Ori? Anybody felt the same way? is
2: a Metroidvania game because you go to a a Metroidvania. Basically, it it has a very Metroidvania feel. You get to a point, earn a reward, go back so that you can use that reward in order to get you to the next spot or get you to a place that was originally blocked off. And so now you can right. get get to it. So
1: you have to constantly go forward to go backwards to go forward to go backwards. The game is yep. And if the ads weren't there, if the ads were mm-hmm. gone, it would have been it'd yep. be a lot more palatable. Uh, but the ads spawned so freaking fast. you just be like, I gotta fight all of this stuff again. Jesus. The, the the, to the credit of the game, it is
2: absolutely gorgeous. It's one of the most gorgeous games oh. on Xbox. Period. Be- beautiful. And, um, beautiful. That we we know that the uh, what is it the wisp. I, I can't, Will of the, the Wisp. I didn't want to, to be on air and Emissions, so I didn't want to have the wrong name. <laughs> but Will of the Wisp is is coming out, so we know that that game is going to be gorgeous. We also know it's going to take from whatever Ori had. I enjoyed the game. I played it. I beat it. It was a lot of fun. Um, to your to your point, yeah, there is a lot of backtracking. Um, it it does give you too much freedom, where it does it's it's not guided. So it's not like you, you the path is not literally forged for you it's set up so that mm-hmm. you have to backtrack in order to get to the next spot or to earn extra things that you would not have earned period but um right. i found it to be fun uh the price on it right now is like like silliness. like i think it's 10 bu- it's like yes. 10 bucks or something like that it's, it was dumb uh, was 20 it, 20? it was like it's, i think it's okay. 20 it might have been 10 uh, yeah. at,
1: at a sale recently but it's right. 20
2: all right so 20 is still i think a, a pretty decent deal for a game that is way above its it it it's, its, its
1: outplaying its coverage
2: as far as as far yeah. as the game is concerned
1: yeah I, and i played like to the point where i stopped i was about 15 percent in and i got a good ways mm-hmm. through so there was a lot of games still left for me so there was definitely going to be some value there if i kept playing it through um but what it led me to is like i wanted more platformers that told the story in the background this game told the story through dialogue and interaction mm-hmm. with you do something it tells you a little dialogue screen uh what's happening what's going on uh, games that we did like inside games like Unravel, those were ones where it was a side scroll, the platforming, and the game was, the story was told in the background. Well, research a little bit and found one, Never Alone. It's, uh, it's, this one is based in sort of your, uh, Eskimo, uh, girl, and she comes across a wolf, and you can play it as two player, and you, or you can switch players uh, between the wolf and the girl who have slightly different abilities, and to to get through puzzles and it's a simpler game. Uh it's more straightforward, very little backtracking in it and I was playing through it and even my uh, my 3-year-old jumped in uh and was helping out and I've kind of taken the controller from her when we got to a spot where I needed to do a specific move but uh for the most part she wasn't she wasn't enjoying it that much it wasn't as pretty as the lego games but i was enjoying that one a lot more because of the story being told more in the background and it being more linear and i wasn't as confused as where to go just let me play my game and enjoy myself and let's get through anybody else play this one i have I not it's an indie game right like this is the- yeah it was an indie game but like from two to three years sure. ago yeah i like i vaguely remember it and i remember
2: it being at mm-hmm. e3 um and i remember seeing it just like in one one of the indie clips um especially with the eskimo stuff that would like kind of drew my attention um but the fact that it uh what what was the cost price what what was the value on it for you like as far as do you remember
1: um i i think never alone was under 20 okay i want to say i think it was more like in the 13 range uh no it came in a pack there was some expansion pack with it too and it was around i want to say 13 bucks right now with for it and an expansion pack and i I haven't even got to the expansion pack stuff yet. So that one I think for me in terms of the entertainment I had, had a lot more value in it than uh than Ori at this point. So I would recommend checking out uh from my experience recommend checking out Never Alone. Uh and especially if you have two players uh, or a kid because the game mechanics are simple. If you want to play a game with your kid, And they can play games. Um, This one seems like it's fun because it's a simple story. You don't get too frustrated and not not difficult mechanics. And it it has a lot of history. This game is predicated on history. And I haven't even delved into it. Like, as you pass a spot, you can actually opt in and either watch a video or read a story. And it will tell you a little bit of a history of how the Eskimo people dealt with this, that, or the other um, that you just passed by. So this one is very culturally... um, uh, in in depth
2: you so, you talked like last it. week about house of da
1: vinci yeah big time so man i when i say a room clone this game every developer had the room open next to it i finished this game it is fantastic this is five bucks on the app store right now get you some house of da vinci I,
2: Shoot, i'm looking for something else i'm looking i'm awesome. looking for a new game especially after playing yeah uh, so, like, i uh, for sure. Like, I'm, I'm definitely down.
1: No, get it on a tablet. Uh, so right now, I mean, this is such a clone of the room. It's ridiculous, uh-huh. but it doesn't matter. It's a clone of the room because it's th- it's that good. It's a. I'm giving it a five out of five. I gave room two five out of five. Room three five out of five. Right now, room three is better uh, than than House of Da Vinci, uh, and then room two is below that. Um, but that just kind of shows you as a new IP. How strong it is, and how heavily influenced it is. The puzzles, I mean, uh, and I wrote, I went, and I actually wrote a full review of it in the App Store because I I was did it right after it launched, and uh, I mean, I think it's like averaging a four point eight or four point nine out of five mm-hmm. right now in the App Store. And I recommend getting it on a tablet if you can. The bigger the screen, the better. You can do it on the phone, but for these puzzle games like this, the bigger the better because you do need to do some physical manipulation with mm-hmm. your fingers. So the bigger screen you have to play it on, the easier it is. But I've done, I did the entire room three on a phone and it's physically possible. Uh, it's just a lot easier on a tablet. Um, now, the only criticism I had was that some of the puzzles, because some puzzles are simple, some are complex, but some of the complex puzzles. Also, had complex clues. So, if you misinterpreted the clues, which I did on two different occasions, I was going into a complex puzzle and trying to make everything work that was in a, in a complex answer, and it wasn't coming out right. I'm like, what's going on here? And because I, I was just misinterpreting the clues, but because it was so difficult to do trial and error, like, could it be something else? It took so long to reset and go through everything again that those two occasions I actually had to look up answers uh with walkthroughs and luckily uh i did find a vlogger that had walkthroughs at that point he didn't have there was no audio he was just posting as fast as he was getting through the levels and i was like oh it's that and one of them i got it i was like oh i just missed it the other one was like how in the hell would i was you wouldn't to figure it that? out yeah and i went i went back looked at everything again i was like oh wow that was it it was such a complex clue that oh man it would it would. it it had taken me a really long time to figure it out because it was like a layer clue with lots of stuff and everything had to be like three different layers on it. But besides those two puzzles that that stuck me like that, and a couple more were like that, I just happened to get them right. Um, everything else was just gorgeous, brilliant, well storyed and keep, keep them coming. Definitely I'm interested because I haven't played, and I'm
2: looking forward to something to play next on my phone i don't know if i'll, I'll play it on a mm-hmm. tablet
1: for sure i'll play it on my iphone so i'll definitely yeah. if you have a big enough screen you'll be fine yeah because i was playing on a s5 i played room three on an okay. s5 and i did it fine if you're bigger than that on a, on than that screen uh you'll be fine with it as well too because um i the because of the so many puzzles yeah playing it if you just have downtime you see if somebody has downtime at work or travel Knocking out a puzzle is so gratifying, and stuff like that you can do. And it also, if you start one and you get stuck with it, and you gotta to go to work, you gotta do something else, you get, your brain's gonna be thinking about that puzzle, and get back. You're like, I have about three more things I want to try on this puzzle <laughs> to get it. So,
2: Damien, so. I owned Assassin's Creed Unity, so I've played it a little bit. Tell me about your thoughts.
3: Well, the original thoughts was that this thing's buggy as all hell, and I still found some parts of it to be fun because I was playing with my brother and whatnot. But I've kind of come back to it now because uh, there's a streamer that wanted to go back, and he's looking for games he can play that kind of connect up, and he wanted to do a co-op version of Assassin's Creed. So he's he sent me an invite, and I got into it playing that a little bit, and now all my kids are playing it along with me too, and there's a game that's a guilty pleasure of mine that is uh, – uh, it's Tenchu, Stealth Assassins on the 360. This is a series of games that every single time they come out, like, we got a new Tenchu coming out. I get excited. And this is used to be a PlayStation-only game. Now it kind of comes, usually PlayStation gets it first, then we Xbox users get it later. Uh, now, the thing about Tenchu is every single time it comes out, it's like slightly updated graphics, slightly updated arsenal, same exact story every single time. Every single time. Like, I actually have, like, I can almost mimic the story, or or, or not mimic, but I can almost say the storyline verbatim now with how much I play. But with each iteration, they added more and more co-op abilities with it, and I really enjoyed those. Well, that's the thing about Assassin's Creed Unity for me, is it's that I can play with a group of people, and I can sneak around, and I can assassinate, and have a fun time with it and with the free expansion and all that stuff that they gave with the underground it adds a lot more area to explore and I never went back and tried that so the character progression and everything with it it's it's actually a fun game to revisit um and you can get it for dirt cheap that's another thing you can get it for dirt cheap so it's a dirt cheap enjoyment it and then if you have friends that pick it up it's not something like you know you get and then you tell your friends, hey, you should look at this. And it's like they're looking at another $60 game to spend. It's like they're looking at maybe like 10 bucks. You can go, I think, 10 bucks, something like that, $7 maybe. You can pick it up at GameStop for And you get a lot of free content you can download for it.
1: Oh, and uh, one quick thing I wanted to say about House of Da Vinci is I don't think it's available in the Android store yet. I think it's just iOS and PC.
2: Not shocked. Not shocked. Um, um,
1: yeah, it's Android's next and then Amazon Fire after
2: that. So is there anything that we're going to be covering next week? Is there anything that anybody anticipates
1: playing or things that we're going to be doing for the next uh, upcoming week? Mm. Uh, Yeah, for me, uh, Fouts just got me to level 70 in Diablo 3. Just got Rise of the Necromancer last night. And uh, I played a little Diablo 3 and Forza 3 combo, which is basically trying to chase Fouts as he runs really fast with his monk and power levels you. (laughs) <laughs> he got me to level 70 and paragon 50 uh about four hours uh a lot of i would say about a half hour plus of that time was me selling my stuff back at merchants that was my experience too <laughs> with <him. laughs> yeah is that brandon
0: at least that amount of time it was probably double that really <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and, and in retrospect i definitely regretted spending that much time because I, he was right I, It was just I was getting way way better. Those loot. first levels, there's uh, absolutely nothing that's actually
0: valuable or of use to you once you hit level seventy.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely nothing. I, was, I should have just not picked anything up and just kept sprinting the whole time. But uh, was, it's was, it's a looter game, and uh, I just wanted to play something. But yeah, retrospect definitely wouldn't done that. So if you're power leveling with Felt, just 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 put just ignore everything. <laughs> yeah just sprint and go
2: behind them as for me if anybody's yeah. interested or wants to play uh rocket league i am so down i am way i need rocket i do not know you were that that's why you
3: keep mentioning i'll play rocket league with you yeah you know who else like, is I'm, big in the rocket rocket league and who will be joining back up for the 50th episode
2: mr abstract yes
3: he is really big in the yeah.
2: rocket league mm-hmm yeah, like I'm down for playing nice. Rocket League. So, I'm pretty excited about uh about playing. Like I just joined. I'm I'm a late I'm a late bloomer when it comes to Rocket League, but I'm having a hell of a lot of fun. And Oh man, um, you it's, it's a good game to I'll tell you the reason why is bloom. that that switch announcement. I'm telling you right now. I can play on the Switch. It's got me got me juiced. You can play on the Switch I,
3: with the Xbox players too. So, it's like you're uh, on yep, the go. That's why on the go I'm good. even
2: more excited. Yeah. So, I can play with my wife uh watching her you know, Bachelor or Bachelorette, depending on whatever
1: it is that she's watching at the time. So let's let's go, let- whoa 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 whoa. If you take game out of that conversation, that's a false comment from yeah. last year. <laughs> cool. We're gonna re-listen to that one in that podcast. <laughs> let's head on into
2: game uh, to the hype train. Pardon me.
3: So I'm gonna start off with a couple of things. Uh, first off, is "Colt of Chunky." Now I know. Did you say Chunky? What? Did you say Chunky? No, that was my autocorrect. So we we talk about this stuff before in Discord before we we put it out, and my autocorrect went and put it as "Colt of Chunky," which you know, after all this barbecue, and I may be, but still. Uh, It's actually Cult of Chucky. It is the seventh film in the series, which is a direct follow-up to The Curse of Chucky. And The Curse of Chucky was a film that I saw it on Netflix, and, I I mean, it came out pretty much from Video On Demand. No, actually, that's right. I rented it when it came out. And it was, it surprised me because I thought it was a reboot. Actually, everybody who initially saw it thought it was a reboot of the series. And then it throws you through this loop that you find out, nope, it's still a direct continuation of the series. Like there has not been a reboot, and it it was decent. It was decent. Well, this one actually directly connects to that one, and it it you don't have a lot of the same survivors in the Chucky film, except for the first three. Follow the same child, and so this one it, it follows the same individual, the the gal who was in the in the Curse of Chucky. And it goes in with the storyline, kind of along the lines of that. I can't wait, honestly, to see it, but I have to wait until October third. But it's going to be one that I know that I'll definitely check out. My daughter and I love the Chucky movies, so looking, looking forward to it. Jennifer Tilly is back into the series. She was back at the very yeah, she was All back in right. the end of the series at uh, Curse of Chucky. That was kind of the thing that was to lead you on to know there's going to be another one. And so she plays one of the one of the the villains in this one as Tiffany, but she's Tiffany after Tiffany came back and took over Jennifer Tilly's body. So
2: what I appreciate is this straight to DVD.
3: I do, oh, yeah. Come out.
2: No, they they're not trying to come out with this in the theater. They they have no disillusion of the fact that this is going to be a big mainstream thing. It, this it's is a support, yeah, to it's DVD. straight
3: for the fans. It's straight for the fans, and it has just enough funding behind it that it's not. Cheesy, 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 but it's Chucky. So you got, still got your your cheese, but high class cheese. <laughs> You're drinking some wine with this cheese.
2: Man, it's a doll with a it's a doll yeah, with yeah, a yeah. knife. I mean, come on. Okay.
1: Well, yeah. And I cannot not think of John Gruden, uh, John Gruden anymore when I hear Chucky because I constantly think of his face <laughs> announcing football. <laughs> so the other one I want thing I wanted to talk about... Hang
0: on real quick. Speaking Brad? of uh, something for the fans, uh, I hate to interrupt, but Sensei, 8 we talked about it being canceled. They are coming back with a two-hour wrap-up on Netflix uh, next year that's supposed to tie up, finish up the series, um, and then it's done. That's nice. awesome. so they, That is great. They, they, a, they are incredible. bringing it back. They are going to wrap the series up, which is great because the end of season two, it was left at pretty much like a cliffhanger that... We're waiting to find out for season three, and then season three says, nope, we're done. And then we find out that we're going to get the two-hour episode movie on Netflix for the wrap-up of it.
1: Nice. And I like that for two reasons. I'm not a fan of Sensei at all, but I like that because a lot of big shows that have been canceled, and when me and you like Fouts, I would like to see them do that with Marco Polo. Yeah, I would that's successful love so to see that. Do that with Marco Polo. Uh, do that with the get down any of these big budget shows that got canceled let's just round it up finish it off and send everybody off into the sunset with a, a one big movie episode and i think netflix is doing these for budget cuts but you can pull that back do it for a quarter or a fifth of the budget and then just send it off into the sunset and i think stuff like that could get some viewership of the original one going again to at least justify both the first season second season and the mm, movie budget I completely agree yeah so.
3: So this is something that continues along the lines with fans and stuff like that. Move over Ryan Reynolds Deadpool, you have competition in the in-character in the in-character mode. Josh Brolin is continuing to tease his cable transformation through social media and stuff like that, showing different pictures. First he showed his haircut, he's now showing the fact that his arm you don't see, but his arm is in a casting, his face is in the casting. They don't want to go CG folks, they are going practical effects here
2: we're going to have that that is awesome in that photo with the with the facial Mm -hmm. casting we saw somebody in the left hand corner who played a hear no evil see no evil with hugh jackman and ryan reynolds that was pierce bronson yep that dude will be in deadpool i like we don't know what character he's going to be sinister uh however um He's teasing it so heavily on his Twitter and and Instagram accounts that it's it's happening. We just don't know what what or who it's who it is. And, sinister. And and I'm the thing is, with know. with
3: you see that, what's the thought process of Hugh Jackman actually
1: appearing, doing one last cameo? As Come well on, it would
2: be awesome, wouldn't it be awesome? It it's, would be, it
1: would be. It was because because of that. No, because of the here, no, we will see, no, we will and both Pierce Brosnan and Ryan Reynolds being in that one, and Pierce Brosnan being in the Josh Brolin picture as well. Uh, that we just saw. This is it, It's too, too much going, going, going on for the not there to happen. For Hugh Jackman not to happen. Even if and he just plays Hugh Jackman, Logan even is if still he just plays, plays Hugh Jackman, and
3: they wa- they walked into it right. because again that one thing that I mentioned that was off of uh, that that was off of Reddit where the guy said, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if in Deadpool, you know, they got cable in it and stuff like that, and they go back in time to before and they talk to Hugh Jackman at the end of Deadpool 2. <laughs> Deadpool. Dead Deadpool too, and they they say, hey, uh, you you don't want to do the you don't want they show them the X Men stuff. You you don't want to do X Men. That's never going to go anywhere. And then and then <laughs> they go forward and they yeah. just they could even just show the back of somebody as with the claws out, so you don't even know who it is, you know, because it's not casted yet. But they could do that, yeah. that's the way that they could announce a new Wolverine. Just yeah. somebody
1: else. Yep. Yep. I like it. I I remember before it was it was very far fetched, but I think uh, uh, him being in there, him playing himself, him playing Hugh Jackman instead of uh, Logan in this one, I think fits a lot more in the Deadpool universe, and humor. All right, Chris,
2: there's seriously the the S classic mini has been announced. Super pumped! Like I'm I'm really excited about that, um, and I'm excited about the fact that. The games that were announced for it have made it worth its weight. So we have Contra, we have Donkey Kong Country, Earthbound. I'm just hitting off the highlights here: Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, Mega Man X, um, Star Fox. The highlight of the entire deal: Star Fox Two, which was canceled, not available unless you have ROMs, and is now rebooted again so that people can can see and play it. You also have Super Golden Ghouls Ghoul, Super Castlevania. Um, yeah, have a Super Mario Kart. Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars, was a game that was announced and and, and 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 sent out about four months before N64. So it hit right before like Paper Mario and all of the, the, the Mario 64. So it got less pub. was really short release on it. And so not a lot of people got to play it, but a uh, super spectacular game. Also, uh, Super Mario World, the best of the Metroid versions up until Metroid Prime, Super Metroid, Super Punch Out, and then Yoshi's Island. So, if you had to pick your who's who of games for your uh, Super NES, these would be it. Aside from a couple Super Star Wars, which is is one of the big games that everybody's been talking about. The other main main game that that people have been talking about, like why is it not on here, is Co- Chrono Trigger. And the right um, the big issue is, and Final Fantasy is on there. You have Mega Man on there. You have Castlevania on there. It's third party releases. Uh, Chrono Trigger is not a Nintendo-owned product, so in order to get those third-party releases, it's really difficult, especially um, if if you know about the SNES, they used an effect called FX, which caused the 3D versions, and a, a lot of it caused issues with, A, the SNES, which is the reason for Star Fox's problems, and B, any type of backwards compatibility or ROMs for these games. So it's hella difficult in order to get those to back-convert, and Trying to get these games and the ones that they do have is amazing in, in and unto itself. So the the console is going to be $80. It's going to be released in September. Uh, and it has uh, a release window until December 31st. So uh, September 29th is the release date. We're talking less than three months. Like just a hair over three months. Uh, and if you know anything about the, the SNES, or the, actually the NES Classic, pardon me, you know that it is almost impossible to find. If you want it, you're going to have to pre-order it now. 80 bucks is a steep price, but that price does include a second controller, which the first one did not have. Also adds another two feet to the controller length, which was the biggest complaint of the original uh, NES Mini, was the fact that you had to sit three feet in front of it. So I believe it's a five foot, correct me if I'm wrong and omissions no missions, uh, that, that you're allowed mm-hmm. to have with the, each one of those controllers. Yep. I think and the right. fact that you're able to play with somebody else One big thing that you cannot do is you cannot use this controller with a Wii. It is not Wii compatible like the NES controller was. So if you're thinking of using it to the Wii and then using uh, Super NES with an original controller, it will not back combat on that just for folks to be aware because a lot of people will buy the controller separately. If I had to rate the SNES, I would say the games are like a 9, almost 10. I mean, you're hitting—I mean, you're never going to please everybody. But these are these are the mm-hmm. top games, and I left out some of the like some some major major games that were on there. Yeah, the lineup is just absolutely lineup absolutely incredible. Yeah.
1: Lineup's better than the the uh-huh. NES class. Earthba-
2: Earthbound uh, is really unsung. Final Fantasy three unsung. F Zero unsung. So well, there's a lot of really really good games on here. If you were a fan of Nintendo, this is literally the classic age. When I NES is my heart because it was when i was a kid but if you, if i'm talking about the best system of all time with the best games of all time SNES is highly ranked as either the best next to the PS2 or the best system with the best amount of games and they've hit on 20 of these cool thing about the uh, Star Fox can't get Star Fox 2 unless you beat the first level of Star Fox 1 so you've got to earn it because this game was never released it was a full, completely full game that Nintendo canceled and never released. And so you're going to get a game which I'm sure they had to put some back they had to put some work into it because they couldn't get it to work on the NES or SNES. Now they're getting it to work on the the SNES Mini, so they've had to put some work into it. It has been the biggest pub the biggest bitch and complaint is the fact that man that NES was not easy to get. Unless you had a friend of a friend of a friend, you couldn't get it. They've stated that they are going to have a larger release than that. But what does that mean? One, two, ten, a thousand? We don't know. So, And it's still not available in the U.S. You can pre-order right now in Europe. You can pre-order in Australia. You cannot pre-order on Amazon, Walmart, Best Buy, any of the hotspots, uh, Toys R Us right now. Uh,
0: the We're other gonna... thing is is you get two different versions. The European version looks different than the Super American Yeah. Two different
2: looking consoles. Yeah, with different games, by the way. PS, like no, I didn't there are different games on, on the, there's different games on the Super Famicom okay. as there are on the SNES. So you will get Super Famicom games if you order the the Famicom version.
1: Oh wow, uh, that that drives more sales as well too. But one thing, and I was not shy about calling this one out too. Of uh, when I just we were talking about the original NES getting canceled, I was like, it, so many sites were just downing it. Nintendo screwing up. Nintendo doesn't know how to do this, that, or the other. I was like, no, this is strictly a marketing thing. They're setting this up for an SNES to come out. It's going to be a short run. It's going to be canceled. And then next year, it's going to be either an NES Classic run again, or they're going to do an N64 Classic. And what do we get? We get a short run, SNES Classic come out, and they announce the dates. They have set start, set finish. They're going to have a bigger quantity run, so they're not going to have as many issues with the initial drop uh, being Issues with supply, it's going to end. Going to starve the fan base, and then re- and then release number either NES Classic again and continue that in a two year rotation uh, going forward, or put the N sixty four Classic in there and do a three year rotation where each one comes out every this, three years. This is the reason why you didn't hear about the
2: virtual console for uh, for the Switch. So because they had the NES come out, but then they were like, well, we can't say any only NES games because who's going to spend, spend twenty bucks? you know what I mean or or pay for that that service. So next year is when you're going to get the virtual console, which is what they said. It's not going to be this year, it's going to be next year. And at that point you'll have Nintendo and SNES games, but you won't get N64 games until they come up with the N64 mini and then those games will be back compat and so then you'll be able to have all of those games too. So the, Nintendo's really smart about this. You're going to double pay for every one of these games that you want. And if it was me, and I, I've listened to a bunch of podcasts. Give me $80. bucks. i will spend 80 bucks to play it on the Switch. I don't even want to play it on a virtual console. Just give me it. So I'll spend $80. Don't even hand me the box. I'll play every one of those games you just talked about, and I'll play them on the Switch for a quarter of the download, too.
1: Yep, and I can do that right now on my Wii U mm-hmm. as well because Wii U is back-compatible with every Nintendo system. All the They have tens of back-compatible games on their virtual consoles. So, yep, you can do that right now on those systems as well, too. So that's not your only way to get those games except... Star Fox 2 has the only way to get that one right now unless they release it on other systems and if you're Nintendo
2: you're going to play it really really smart because they run a short run on these things this is going to be something that you're going to eventually come out with on the Switch and you're going to have people pay 15-20 bucks for this game and, and buy it outright on Virtual Console it'll be one of the first releases that they send out I, I would be absolutely shocked if that wasn't the case right so we got a, a trailer today for Jumanji, uh, the Welcome to the Jungle trailer, oh my Oh my, Oof. yeah. Like it wasn't pretty, it, for me, it wasn't pretty. I thought it looked great.
1: Yeah, it looked great. Like whether it's gonna be or not, the, it's this not Rob
0: Williams. I completely agree. But Jack Black, The Rock. I mean, just Kevin Kevin Hart. Kevin yeah, Hart yeah, it's gonna yeah. be. I think it's gonna be amazing.
2: We talked stereoty- about so, stereotyping. Talk about stereotyping. Just throw, a little bit. The,
1: yeah, yeah. So stereotyping. They're basically you're taking like a girl putting her into a fat body and now you're gonna he's gonna she's gonna be upset about the fat body you're gonna have the height thing kevin hart's gonna be constantly playing about but the biggest thing that got me is this is it's a december 20th release this year this movie everything about it is for a kid this is a this is teenagers going to the movie to watch it because nothing in this i think has an adult appeal to it it has uh comedic actors uh, there's gonna be no drama in it it's it's all gonna be some quick action if these were the best jokes that they had was what they had in the trailer this movie is going to be lacking in good quality occasion I, I said I to you like literally when we were watching
2: it oh shit Star Wars comes out then like so right. that they're competing against Star Wars mm-hmm. if, if you yeah, if I it's a terrible time to right because as, as an adult Yeah, As an adult, like you said, if you're an adult and you want to take your kid to go see something, what are you going to go take him see? Something you want to go see? Well, I want to go see Star Wars. I don't want to go see Jumanji.
1: Right, because the the people who saw Jumanji, Jumanji is so old at this point. The people who saw Jumanji are us. We saw them when we were younger. If you're going to make a movie like this that seems to have a trailer, and if we're right, that is leaning heavily towards a teenage audience, then all of the fans of Jumanji are going to want to go see it. And your teenage fans are like, what is Jumanji? Because it doesn't have the kid following. It's not one of those movies that kids, their parents show them. Like, you got to see Jumanji. It's one of those. It's it's not one of those I, movies. I appreciate the so, appeal. where's the I crowd? appreciate the yeah. switch. They didn't retread the same movie.
2: So I appreciate that. Like, they went with a video game theme. Exactly. The, it, the animals are in the world. You are not a part of like you're part of the world because you jumped into the jungle not the jungle jumps into your world so i appreciate that part right they really went outside the box as far as what the concept of the movie is but it's the whole like we're switching places thing is so old i'm in another person's body oh my god this is such a retread of every movie trope ever that i when i yeah
1: 90s 80s, 80s 90s i watched it 2000s. i was like
2: you're my dad like whatever that remember that kirk cameron movie where he was the dad and like and then mm-hmm. the dad was him big. Yeah, big, yeah yeah like, this is just big was 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 uh tom hanks but like yeah yeah yeah. like yeah. the same thing so like you're basically switch mm. uh, your body switching so this is just that over again but in jumanji as an excuse to get the rock in the movie and kevin hart and like er, and and jack, jack black. black so yeah. this is a this is a rent movie all the way for me i will gladly rent it because my kids will probably like it and while i'm sitting in my house i said this last week there are movies where i'll rent them for 4.99 and be like this is an awesome rent movie this would be super shitty if it was in the theater this is a rent movie however dwayne johnson's in it and then you throw in kevin hart and jack black this is probably 100 million
1: dollars over the first weekend because you know just it is Well, The the Rock has to watch out because Baywatch didn't do that great, and he has to watch out with his quantity of movies becoming Samuel L. Jackson, which is good. Samuel L. Jackson plays a lot of great roles in a lot of movies, but The Rock for a while was, give me your franchise, I will fix it, I'll make it great. If you start doing large quantity of movies and they're all mediocre, you're just somebody people like to see in movies, you're not the lead actor anymore, and your salary per movie will go down, and your your esteem, I think, will go Snakes down. Snakes on a plane. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And Samuel Samuel L. Jackson was the one who uh, insisted that title because that was the working title, and they were gonna change it. And man, he he insisted on it. Yeah. So
2: uh, we got some information from Matt Reeves, and he confirmed that Ben Affleck's gonna remain in the role of Batman. Uh, we only post this because that's that for the DC universe this is ridiculously big um, after the explosion of Wonder Woman and how Galgano had had such a great performance the person that we thought was their lead character was Ben Affleck she's taken over that reign right now because how well this movie's done they need a male lead and it is not Superman it, it, it is very clear that it's not Superman so Batman needs... the fact that he was he had directorial, command of this movie gave that up rumor was he was going to leave the film because it's like if i'm not the director i don't really care i don't really want to be the batman anymore it's too much pressure and then reeve had enough to to say to him listen we need you and he's staying on at least for that film says that he must have enough confidence in justice league and or the script that's coming out for the solo batman film
1: no he uh there was this, I think even stronger rumor i think has a lot more clout to it is that he he dropped the directorial job of it because he was he went to rehab like dude went to straight up alcohol drug addiction rehab and that's why he dropped the directorial one and so i don't think from ben's standpoint he he i think he'd have been okay if the studio would have dropped him because he was focused on more of his own recovery at that point in time um and the studio uh probably didn't want to do that unless they knew he was going to recover but now that he's on the other side of it they can more they can honestly say now that he's out this is what we're going to get that's why we haven't seen we do the release date yet uh, i think this is more of his recovery than anything else um and why he's not directing it because he probably couldn't handle the stress coming out of it and if if this if that's exactly what happened i think that is a smarter move life move for him to do here
2: makes sense if that's the case that make that makes the most sense i'm just happy that ben affleck's still batman because i think that in the short period of time that i saw him in bvs that he was the highlight and i think that i i want to yeah, see that him and wonder yeah, Woman. i want to yeah. see that version and quite honestly I would love to see a tag team of wonder woman and him in some form of movie maybe even her as a love interest because if you watch the justice league cartoon series she's batman's love interest it would be awesome if they eventually had a combination In his movie. I don't want it in her movie because I don't want to take away from her as a female lead. And I don't want it to be like, okay, well, you need him in order to make this movie work. I'd rather her stay separate and her just enter his
1: film. Yeah. And I'd rather her movies be more of her in the past catching up to now because I think there's a lot of good stories to tell there. But one thing I want to defend on this is that I think although uh, Superman has been – uh, not a great character in Man of Steel and in BVS. I think Henry Cavill can pull off a great Superman without Zack Snyder's direction. And so let's see, we all know Superman's coming back in Justice League. Let's see what Josh Whedon does here. Uh, Any he reshoots he does there. And let's see what comes out with Superman 2, his, his, his or Man of Steel 2, wherever they do it. Because I really think that Henry Cavill, because uh, I've seen him in other stuff and he's good. With the with the right director there, and they don't, and he's not going to be playing brooding pouty Superman. Can be a, a good Superman, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. With I a new hope he plays
2: asshole spot. Superman. I really want him to. Like I really want him to be the black the black suit oh, with yep. the yeah the dark Superman. I want mm-hmm. him to be a jerk, and I want him to play it that way for a little mm-hmm. while because I think that will be the enough contrast for people to say no. We really want you to be the good guy. Like please go back to that guy. Or it'll be so great that people are like, wow, this is awesome. Don't change.
0: So Here's my prediction. Uh, he's going to go ahead and he's just going to be a dick for the entire movie. Lois is going to say, by the way, I'm pregnant. You're going to be a dad. And then he's just going to all of a sudden flip the switch and be back to the good guy.
1: Oh, for his second yeah. one? He'll like, continue the dick. Oh, yeah, that would be. I like it. We'll do We'll do a, a Fouser's right whenever that one comes out. We need to remember that one too because Man of Steel 2, that's probably at least two years away. So we need to do a timestamp.
2: <laughs> so, a movie that's not, uh, a show that's not actually that far off uh, in the Marvel universe is going to be in humans and their, tra- their trailer. Yes.
0: Yeah. Dude, I'm so yeah. pissed off. Yeah, this that looked shit. really I'm ABC. pissed because the first two episodes are being shown in a freaking IMAX theater. I don't have an IMAX theater within 200 freaking miles from here. And so there's no way I can even see the first two episodes like that. It, it, it's
1: stupid. Well, they will, be, they will air on TV. They will air on TV after, but they're initially dropping on IMAX only for a short time. And I forget the exact date's uh, time, but it's going to be a theatrical release. And then shortly thereafter, and I think really short thereafter, it's going to be the other way around. The The trailer for this looks like it was freaking filmed on an ABC movie with pretty cameras. There's not a shadow in a shot. It's all bright lit sets. Um, it has some dark elements to it in terms of like heavy conflict, but it's all filmed. It looks like a freaking soap opera set that's just really fancy. So I'm, I'm. The cast looks great. The characters look great. Costumes look great. I'm skeptical at this point.
2: Yeah, the humans trailer thing just looks a little. I don't know. Like I, I I'm not in. I'm not, I, I have no attachment right now. Like, I'm in because we're, we're talking about it, and this would be something for the podcast to talk about. But if, like, if you were asked me outside of this, I, I would just be like, well, I'll give it a shot, like, on a first episode and see where it went. And if by episode two I didn't care for it, I would just drop it.
0: But you got to pay that high dollar to go see it in the freaking theater.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't have to pay that high dollar. <laughs> Ara- around here, I get compensated for the movie price. It's equal to whatever a normal movie cost was, so I'd, I'd see it for the same cost. I I'm in a unique situation, yeah. like business wise, it I can I can go for, see it for less expensive. But I mean, I get the I get the the hype for it, and it's it's like really cool for people who live around those type of complexes. But for the people who don't, it kind of sucks.
1: Okay, uh, so IMAX screens will run. It will start on September 1st on IMAX. Uh, unclear if it's going to show in nine imax mm-hmm. screens when uh, if if available. But it will not air on ABC until September 29th. So four weeks of just theatrical release of the two uh, shows and then release there. And for something that doesn't look that great, that is a gamble that might not pay off. And we might not see something like this again if it doesn't pay off. So uh, another Netflix,
2: and I I feel like it's just a broken record every time I say the word Netflix lately. Death Note had a trailer came out and death note if you don't know is a japanese manga that series that has been written and converted over um it basically takes a high school student who discovers supernatural powers in a notebook um from a character named shinigami and uh his name is Ryuk that grants him the ability to kill anyone whose name and face he knows uh in the book it's because um, he, he is a death god He's a, a death a god, god of yeah, death. and it kind of and it. Right. And so, around it,
1: and he he basically he does a he basically becomes a vigilante, sure. but he's not doing the killing. He's using the book doing it, and it's that. Then it, it becomes the moral dilemma of uh, how far do you? And the
2: character name uh, Ryok is the grants the user the ability, you, you, the, whoever the user is of this book, uh, to kill anyone whose name and face he knows. Which then it converts into like this virtual character who is the the god of death that you know has the mm. in this book Put, well in the trailer has the cloak over his face and it's like he's the one doing the killing but whatever name the character puts in the book is the person or no then i'm way off I, and that no, was just for the trailer yeah uh,
0: mm. guy with the cloak on the face is not the god of death he's a good guy you see the death god in there and he it looks like a demon he's got blue skin and spikes. yeah it looks like the red
2: he looks like the joker like the us uh, a uh, uh, spiked yeah. out version of the Joker from Batman,
1: yeah. Okay, so that that's Willem Dafoe, right? Because I heard Willem Dafoe's voice in the trailer in the spiked out character. So I think Willem Dafoe is going to be in this playing it. I'll, I'll double check in the credits, but or in this thing because it sounded like Willem Dafoe in that trailer. It, although it never showed his face, as soon as I heard, it, I was like, "Oh man, what's he playing?" And when it's when you're not showing Willem Dafoe's voice uh, face and this is just his voice, he's normally playing yep. a bad guy. Yeah, uh, But this actually, I mean, the first trailer we saw, we covered this for initial trailer a while back. It was just a teaser with hardly anything in it. Just get excited. This looks good. Like, I i want to see this. I never saw the original, but this looks Yeah, I was good.
2: definitely interested. When I saw that teaser trailer, I was like, oh, what the hell is this? And then I remember us talking about it. So then I did a little bit of backlogging on the Japanese stuff, which, again, I apologize for... I was confusion on who the person with the cloak was. But, like, um, it... The, anybody who is who is into the, the manga uh, is definitely going to have... And I talked to you, Cajun, about this. They're going to try to stay as, as close as they possibly can. There's going to be some changes, because it, obviously for TV's sake, but they're going to try to stay as close to the mm-hmm. book as they possibly can.
0: William Dafoe is playing Ryuk.
1: Yeah! I know my will Defoe. <laughs> So this is dropping uh, in the middle of
2: August, correct? So, August, 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 August 25th. August 25th. August 25th. Yeah. So tail end of August. So this is something that... If you're, you're catching The Defenders, this is right around the same time frame on Netflix because The Defenders is early, what early August and then this will be late August. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, Netflix every month has at least one or two punches that they're coming out with. And they're just dropping money left and right on everything and anything to come out. Now,
1: yep. on I IMD- This is playing as a movie or a now, series. On
2: IMDb, it says, in theaters, August
1: 25th. Uh... Cause it's netflix netflix releases nothing on theaters that that has to be an error or it just has to be um, a holder
2: date could be a whole date
1: yeah I so in any but it's so,
2: talking yeah, about it but this is going to be a movie not a tv an, series. another right? movie that's going to a tv series it's a movie right is the yeah. watchman yeah
1: yes watchman tv series is coming to uh hbo damon Lindel- Lindelof. So if you don't know the name, he's a producer of Lost and Leftovers, uh, both critical successes except the end of Lost. Um, hopefully you learned his lesson. So he's adapting this comic into a TV series for Blasphemy. HBO. Uh, <laughs> the last season of Lost. It sure. was. Uh, so Lindelof said, and why he's converting, uh, he's making a Watchmen TV series. He said, from the flashbacks to the nonlinear storytelling to the deeply flawed Heroes, these are all elements that I try to put in everything I write. And thinking back to Leftovers, the, the what I've seen of it and Lost was, yeah, that's exactly what he puts in his shows. And so basically, he's going instead of making a new IP, which he did with Lost and Leftovers, he's going back to source material. And I think this has a lot of potential with him and HBO uh, backing him of being really good uh because one thing his shows have had a strong character development and uh, watchman has strong character so we're gonna see some great stuff there
2: yeah i feel like the watchman is, is a really nice fit uh especially for mm-hmm. hbo it allows them to kind of divert a little bit into more of a a more mature conversation yet it able it able to help hold the violence and whatever else that they're You know that they want to attain that they would not be able Mm -hmm. to do on network television. So this is a really great grab for HBO. This could have been a Netflix grab. So you can see Netflix and HBO kind of going after the same type of of shows. And so it's going to be a matter of who can grab what and when. And so HBO is going to have to be a little more liberal and a little less strict on what they say yes and no to.
0: Also, for those of you going to San Diego Comic-Con, HBO's show Westworld we'll have their own panel there i want to know more yeah. information about season two like i'm so like seriously <laughs> if you're planning on going to san diego comic-con and you have a line or a hint or tips please let us know we want all the information
1: we miss that show so bad
2: i have an inside guy yeah, it's, it's, it's
1: probably going to be a, a videotape panel it's so it's probably going to be blocked I, ho-
2: I hope so I have an inside person so if you have any conversations or you want to say hey to somebody who may be able to help you out give me a shout my brother works for NBC he's definitely going to be at, at Comic Con uh, he does all of their NBC shows at Comic Con he's there every year and so uh, oftentimes he gets into half of these panels he's like so who am I supposed to talk to or he'll ask me if, the, if there's something I want to know an answer to like he'll find the back like he backdoors conversations stuff I'm not allowed to talk about Uh, But then I may or may not be allowed to talk about on here, but I can hint
1: towards. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, Now, uh, just rolling back one thing, there was something I wanted to say about Watchmen that I forgot earlier was that one of my biggest criticisms of the movie is the characters were so... In the comic, well developed and deep, that the movie just jumped right into them, and I didn't understand their motivations that much. And like I was supposed to understand it, and I was, I was really confused as uh, the character development being so weak. And talking to friends who were big fans of the comics, they're like, "What? No, this was great. They really liked the movie, but they knew the entire backstory of the character. They know." these motivations i was like i don't know any of that and the movie didn't tell me that and i watched it a second time and it still hasn't told me that yet and that was my biggest criticism so being able to do that on a tv series you have the time and patience to be able to flesh that out i think will be a much better treatment than was i'm in the exact same boat i never
0: seen any of the comics read read the comics or anything um i seen the trailer for the movie thought you know wow that looks freaking phenomenal i want to see this went and seen this and i was like Okay, It was pretty. I don't know what I just watched, but
1: okay. Mm. Yeah. And we're just going to let them blow up the world now? Is this what we're going to do here? (laughs) Is that okay? Exactly. (laughs) Complex moral dilemmas. Nice. Um, So one more thing uh, is in our notes, and Damien put it in there, but he had to step away earlier to take care of some stuff around his house. But uh, Kevin Feige, (laughs) it's something I predicted last week, but because I put a character name on it, but Kevin Feige confirmed that Miles Morales is somewhere in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I had predicted that it was Donald Glover in this new Spider-Man. And with it coming out so soon, I'm feeling good about it. Uh, Miles Morales
2: is in the MCU. That's a given. Like, this, to me, is meh, not news. Like, I'm just assuming Miles Morales is in in the MCU. It's just a matter of if or when they decide to, to, to play with him. You got to build up Spider-Man first before you can have Miles Morales. You can't just go straight to Miles. So with the reviews that are coming out for Homecoming, which have been fantastic, and also by the way, heard a spoiler, not spoiler, that there's one, there's more than one Avenger that's in this movie, and it's not just uh, Iron Man, and it's not that little cameo made by Captain America. So somebody else is in this film. I'm super pumped about that, mm-hmm. and.
1: Yep, that's what we were talking about earlier. That they gave away yes. so much, but we've only seen what we think is the first two acts. Like I think, and what we've talked about earlier, there's an entire third act that is going to have a lot more awesome into it that they're not giving away, and that's why they were able to give away so much in the trailers because they said they because ha- they have this awesome ending that's going to yep. be coming.
0: They also yeah. have uh, they've really only shown the vulture in any of the trailers, as far as I'm aware. But they've got three or four villains right. in this.
2: Yes they do nice so hopefully that they can spread out what it is that we saw and that's like the first 45 like that'd be awesome if that was it and there's still mm-hmm. another half of the movie to go
1: right exactly yeah because 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 donald glover and another guy played what seems to be like vultures henchmen early on in the show so we'll see like if if they're going to be continuing those as villains or they're going to have some bigger spider-man because spider-man's got a just a ridiculously huge rogues gallery um and let's let's see who they who they bring out next so as a close to the show um
2: we're coming up on the end we haven't done this week in geek in quite a bit
1: hey doc we better back up we don't have enough road to get up to 88 roads Well, we're going we don't need
2: roads due 28th on 1972 the Atari was released. So for me, the Atari was the first console I ever played. I still had like the wooden like top and all the sides. Circus Atari, Gatorade or not Gatorade, Kool Aid Man, pardon me, and like generic basketball, generic football, generic baseball. I played with my brother. My dad owned it. I I still have over I want to say like eighty five games that are sitting at my parents' house in like this container with the original twenty six hundred. So, or twenty six hundred was the update to the original Atari. But um, I I have fond memories of the Atari.
0: Okay, so we had the birth oh, yeah. of the Atari. Uh, then Jumanji is no longer a board game; it's played on an Atari.
2: That's awesome. And then
0: here recently, Atari mm-hmm. announced they're making
2: a new console. So it's a resurgence of Atari, um, and to be this far into the ball game, you know what I mean? Like this many years, nineteen seventy-two is quite a is quite a quite a spell, let's say.
1: I, th- I think Brandon is saying Atari's coming the, back. The, 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 the Atari <laughs> comeback. Um, are we going to see? Are we going to see an E3 with four console press conferences now? That would be whoa, crazy. Whoa.
2: <laughs> and so we have one more in this weekend, Geek Brandon. do You want to sh- give this a shout out or? Uh, are you, are, yeah,
1: I, no, I think I think Brandon I know, wants to do this one. I, I it, see him yeah. smiling uh, ear to ear.
0: June 29th ninth, uh, two thousand seven also known as the crappiest day in Apple history. Nearly six months after it was introduced, Apple's highly uh, not-anticipated iPhone goes on sale, generally downplayed by old-world technology pundits. After its introduction, the uh, crap phone was greeted by long lines of suckers, I mean buyers, around the country on the first day, quickly becoming an overnight, uh, this says phenomenon, but I think they mean disaster, 1 million uh crap phones were sold in only 74 days. That's freaking insane. I I do, I'm giving them props. I mean I, I make fun of Apple. I hate Apple products, but that's that's phenomenal. A, oh, a million yeah. they, phones. They
1: still they still control. phones them. in a they month. They still and a control half the half market share.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it would be two and a half months because, you know, 74 30 oh, days.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Two and a half months. We'll sorry. put
1: that on your errors and omissions for next week.
2: Yeah, thanks.
1: <laughs> nope we got to correct it in show this no, time i'll cut we'll i'll cut out find the, the other stuff so that way it'll just look all right so nice but yeah no this this thing was huge it really is. and it's still as a brand even though a lot of other phones and technologies have caught up as a brand it still has a it still has the biggest piece of the market share of any single so, yeah. so it's, it's to close
2: us out, uh, you'll be able to find uh, Brandon at Beefouts82 on Twitter. You'll be able to find uh, Derek at Cajun Saint on Twitter. Uh, you'll be able to find Damien at Mr. Damien Nash on Twitter, and you'll be able to find myself at Two Wolves on Twitter as well. You can find us on at Geekologist Radio if you're looking to email or send it to Twitter to the group. If not, minus, minus, minus a T for character restrictions. Um, other than that. For Geekologist Radio and uh, Ninja Pancake, not Fancake. We are out.
0: It's in. The, it's, it's, it. Look, it's right there. <laughs> Cut that. I'm Cut reading the, whatever. Oh, I didn't not say pancake. Cut it out, get out. It's, it's, it's not, not a pancake. It's not a fan cake. <laughs> no fan cakes for you. Only waffles up in this bitch. <laughs> Somebody's
3: losing their shit.
1: Somebody somebody say waffles? <laughs> waffles?
3: Not nah, Jeff's not here.
1: And now...
0: Poifit. I keep hearing, and then... And then... <laughs> No, and, and, no then. and then, 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 and then,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. H- hating on Tara Reid is not going to get us any brownie no. points with anybody. You're
0: going down, Tara <laughs> Reid.
1: <laughs> on who? Wow, <laughs> oh,
2: wow, <whoa. laughs> i am taking out the space, Outtake. just
0: so you know. <laughs> it's it's going to be in the middle of the episode. It's, it's gonna whoop. going to <laughs> shrink. <laughs> I like it. Um. I think all of us would really but yeah. <laughs> <laughs>